Welcome in to the At The Yard podcast. Today's guest is Cypress College head coach Anthony Hudding, who shares the impact of his baseball mentors have had on his career, his rise in the coaching ranks, and recruiting to the JC level, and all things Cypress Chargers baseball. All that and much more on episode 54 of the At The Yard podcast. Welcome back to the At The Yard podcast. Really excited about today's guest, Cypress College head coach Anthony Hudding joins me on the show. Huddy, man, thanks for making some time. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so like everybody else I've been talking to, I'm sure for you, this is uh, you know a little bit different time and you know probably the first time in a very, very long time that you don't find yourself on a baseball field here at the end of May. You know What, uh, what sort of things are you doing to keep yourself busy and keep yourself sharp? Yeah, well, that's that's for sure. Um, you know, I think we're all kind of used to, you know, being really busy this time of year. So uh, definitely different, um, you know, in a unique situation. And, uh, you know, right now, I think just trying to trying to stay active, stay busy and, um, you know, kind of look toward next year um, with uh, obviously without having the ability to be out on the field and compete right now. So, um, you know, really just trying to turn our, our attention to, you know, next year and, and continuing, uh, you know, the relationships that we've got, you know, with this uh, incoming recruiting class and the guys that are coming back and, and also, you know, helping some of these guys that were in our program this the last couple of years here uh, continue and, you know, find a place and, and continue their education and baseball careers at the four-year level. Yeah, and, and you've had some success doing that, and we'll get into that here in a minute. But, you know, your story's pretty unique, Anthony, and, you know, just kind of doing some research on you here a little bit. I mean, you had a, a great career at Tesoro High School, first team all CIF there for Coach Braille. I mean, monster senior year, right? I mean, 444, five bombs, 32 ribbies. I mean, you know, talk a little bit about the experience of playing in that league, you know, for Coach Braille, um, you know, and then ultimately having that success and, and then having a decision to make at the end of your senior year there after being drafted in the 38th round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I loved my time at Tesoro and, and playing for Coach Braille and, and some uh, some awesome teammates there. And, um, you know, I, I think my experience in high school uh, was one that, you know, I really enjoyed. And, and I look back on, on those times in my high school career as, as some of the best that I've had. And, um, you know, again, you know, with that, that decision that I had to make uh, at the end of that year, getting drafted by the Rangers was was awesome and was a was a dream um you know but ultimately it was the right thing for me you know to go to college and and uh you know continue working on my game and continue uh you know my education and at cal state fullerton which was a place that has been part of my life for a long time you know going back to even when i was seven and eight years old bat boying at cal state fullerton when my cousin aaron rowan was playing there um, and so I've had a, you know, a long history and, and long relationship with, with the program at Cal State Fullerton. And it, it just felt like that's where I, I needed to be. And that would be the best decision for, for myself. And, um, you know, certainly don't regret any of it. I had a, an awesome time at, at Fullerton and a, you know, unbelievable experience. And, you know, still some of my very best friends are, you know, some of the guys that I played with at Fullerton. So, uh, you know, I certainly wouldn't have been able to get there. Uh, without, you know, the years and, and experience of playing at Tesoro and, and uh, you know, really, really unfortunate, um, you know, for being able to play 
uh, in, in a program that I felt like really prepared me to go have success at Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I love that, you know, the program prepared you because you're in a position now, and we'll get to a little in more detail in a little bit here, but I mean, you're in a position now to, to take, you know, players and really prepare them for the next level where you've had some success. But before we get to that, let's let's talk about your time at Fullerton. I mean, four straight Big West titles. I mean, things really took off for you your junior year, right? You were second team all Big West. You know, I read somewhere where, you know, coaches, you know, kind of said that you're you're like the master of doing all the little things, right? I mean, you got eight hit by pitches, leading the team, seven sack bunts, 23 walks. You hit 338 in league. I mean, what clicked for you between your sophomore and junior year, would you say, that allowed you to kind of elevate your game, you know, at that point in your career? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh... – you know, I think it was a lot of maturity, um, you know, just just being kind of settled into, you know, playing in that system and, and being at Fullerton. And, um, you know, it's it's a really difficult thing to, you know, be a, a true freshman and be a, you know, 18 and 19 year old kid, you know, to go and step in at, at a Division One program like that and, and really just kind of hit the ground running. You know, I think uh, for the vast majority of, of high school players that are going to play at that level, you know, I think it would be, you know, sort of the exception to the rule, um, you know, are the guys that can step in at 18 years old and go and play every day and, and have, you know, a, a terrific amount of success. I mean, I think those guys are, are pretty special. And, and certainly for me, you know, I think, you know, I wasn't the most physically gifted guy, you know, on the roster at Cal State Fullerton. I mean, um, you know, you talk about trying to do some of those little things well, I think those were the things that I really had to take a lot of pride in because I wasn't going to be the fastest guy there. I wasn't going to be the biggest, strongest guy in the program. So I, you know, I, I sort of figured out um, that I, I needed to, to do all those little things really well and take pride in them. And, um, you know, I think that's what led to me having more success as my career went on. Cal State Fullerton was just being able to kind of be that guy that can, you know, kind of do some different things and, and, and try to do the fundamental things really, really well. Um, and, and I think that's what, what sort of led to my success and also, you know, led to, you know, my philosophy sort of as a coach now um, is kind of being that guy that, uh, you know, wasn't overly gifted and talented, uh, but had to had to really try to, to do the fundamental things really, really well. Yeah, I read, I read somewhere, um, you know, where, where the coach described you as a quality at bat machine. And, and, and I found a stat, Ben, and I, you talk about taking pride in, in doing those little things. You had 16 at bats your junior year with a man on third and less than two outs. And 14 of those times, the guy scored. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's impressive, man. And, and, you know, that's kind of taking your job seriously, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like I said, for, for me, you know, I, I was surrounded by, you know, some very, very good baseball players in those four years. And, and I, you know, in that 2012 and 13 team, you know, you're talking about guys like Matt Chapman and J.D. Davis and Michael Lorenzen and, you know, the, the list goes on, uh, you know, and, and those guys obviously are, are still having pretty darn good big league <laughs> careers right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so to to just take pride in, in you know, doing things fundamentally is is why i think cal state fullerton baseball has been really good for a long time um you know that and, and getting some some pretty good players there 
but that was kind of my role, you know, that was kind of, of what I tried to be. And, um, you know, knowing that there was a bunch of, of pretty good baseball players around me, uh, just, just taking pride in, in doing things fundamentally uh, was what I think led me to, to be a part of, of some of those pretty good teams. Yeah, accepting, it's not, it's one thing to know your role, right? But it's another thing to accept it and embrace it and really go out and, and embrace the challenge of the role. And so your senior year, start 32 games, you know, pretty good season. You had 256, five home runs, uh, seven multi-RBI games. I, I'm curious because after your senior year, you kind of went right into coaching, right? I mean, you went right into being a grad assistant there. And so I'm curious at what point during your career at Cal State Fullerton did you think, hey, coaching is something I want to do? Or is that something that you had in your mind well before even getting to Cal State Fullerton? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, I think for me, I, I always sort of had an eye on coaching, um, you know, I absolutely love the game, um, and, and it's, you know, one of the biggest passions in my life and, and always has been. Um, you know, I, I think as I, you know, was going through Cal State Fullerton, you know, my junior year, my senior year, obviously, like like every baseball player, you know, it would have been, uh, it would have been great to have a chance to play professional baseball and, and would have been something that I would have jumped at doing, um, you know, but as it played out, you know, I, I didn't get that opportunity out of Fullerton, um, was really disappointed at the time. Um, you know, but now, you know, having, you know, been out of, out of playing for a little bit and, and obviously being where I'm at now at, at Cypress college, um, things worked out the way that they were supposed to work out. And, uh, you know, with, without, you know, the ability to, to get right into coaching, I certainly wouldn't have, have had the chance to be where I'm at now. Um, and I'm really fortunate, you know, because Rick Vanderhoek, you know, gave me a chance to, to come on the staff and, and just really, you know, learn and, and, and be a part of it from a different perspective. Um, and, and just really, you know, I, I took that opportunity in, in 2014 to really just try to take in as much as I could, um, you know, really listen a lot and, and try to learn as much as I could from, you know, the coaching staff that I was around. And, you know, I think, like I said, as a as a player who knew, you know, that one day I did want to coach, um, you know, I think I did that even as a player, um, you know, and I think that's one of the the really, um, you know, fortunes that I've had in my life is just the the ability to play for so many great coaches and in my time at Cal State Fullerton and and playing for Dave Serrano and you know his staff Sergio Brown and and Greg Bergeron and Greg Wallace, who's at Grand Canyon now, Kirk Sarlus, um, you know, and then when Hookie came in, in 2012, you know, Mike Kirby, who's now the head coach at New Mexico State, uh, just, you know, Jason Dietrich. So I've just, you know, I've always sort of, you know, had an eye on coaching, and I think that's been, you know, one of the things that I've been so blessed to have is, is some really great mentors, some people that I can really um, bounce ideas off of and learn from and, and take what I think makes them really really good at their job and and just learn from it so um you know i've just been very fortunate to be around the people that i have 
um, you know, over the last 10 years or so. Yeah, that seems to be an underlying theme with just about every coach I've had on this podcast. And it, it's really fascinating because it is all about relationships, right? And you hear that, whether you're talking about, you know, successful businessmen, you know, doctors, whatever it might be, you know, and certainly in sports, it's it's all about, you know, those relationships and, and helping each other out. And so in 2015, you get hired as the uh, recruiting coordinator there at Cypress College, um, so now you're transitioning from seeing things through the Division One lens now to the junior college lens. And in your opinion, Anthony, I'm curious, what what was the, the biggest transition or the biggest eye-opening thing for you going from Cal State Fullerton, uh, you know, a program that you knew so much about, uh, you know, even as a young man, as you mentioned, uh, to going to the junior college level now where you're having to recruit some guys, you know, to help sustain what is, you know, a, a powerhouse program for a lack of better terms. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was definitely different. And, you know, I was, I was so fortunate at the time, uh, you know, that Scott Pickler had reached out to me and, um, and wanted to, you know, bring me on, uh, you know, to his coaching staff at Cypress college where he'd been for, you know, 30 plus years and had, had built this, this program that has sustained so much success and I, I, I really didn't know what I was getting into very much. And, you know, I, I knew that uh, I knew of Coach Pick, you know, I knew of the program, you know, but I, I didn't know uh, really what I was getting into at the community college level, you know, to a huge degree because I, I didn't play JC baseball. Um, you know, I really only known Cal State Fullerton for so long. Um, and and what, I, what I quickly realized was, you know, that there was a reason that Cypress College had been so good for so long. And that's that's really because things were run very similarly um, to to what I was used to at Cal State Fullerton. And I think that's a big reason why, you know, guys had had so much success, not only at Cypress, but when they left and, and transferred to these four year schools. Um, and, and I think, you know, the biggest adjustment for me was was just more responsibility and, and the you know, the opportunity to get out and, and go recruit players. And, and I think that's what, um, you know, really kind of jump-started my career in coaching and, and really the opportunity to go do that that, that Coach Pick gave me um, was was the biggest change. You know, I all of a sudden, you know, I was able to, to get out there and my role was, was quite a bit larger than it, it was at Cal State Fullerton. And, you know, I, I kind of, uh, you know, took it as a challenge and an opportunity to, to get out there and, and start start meeting coaches and start you know sort of building a, a reputation for myself as a, as a coach um, you know instead of a player and you know start rubbing shoulders with with some guys that that I that I knew and was familiar with um, but I was familiar with as a player and not not as a coach and um, you know I, I think I took that as a challenge and and uh, and an opportunity to to bring in some guys and in, into into Cypress College that I felt you know, we're, we're a little bit overlooked, you know, that had to, had to maybe get better at some things. And, um, you know, I think that's a, that's one of the things that I quickly realized, um, you know, about Cypress college and about community college baseball was, was there was some, there were some guys there that really wanted to get better, you know, and, and wanted to put the time in that wanted to, you know, to, to continue and get in the cage and, and get the extra work in that they wanted to, because, you know, they, they had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to get to where, you know, some other guys wanted to be and, and were at, you know, at their high school that they played with. And, um, you know, th there's some pretty driven guys. And, and those are the guys that I, you know, really tried to get out there and, and bring into the program. 
Um, and fortunately we were able to do that. And, and those are, you know, still the guys that we try to bring in at Cypress college that have some goals and, and are, are driven and motivated to go achieve them. Yeah. And you, you've certainly had some success there. And I want, I want to do a deep dive into recruiting here in a minute, but I mean, 2017, you're, you're named the head coach at Cypress. I mean, seven years removed from high school, right? I mean, it's not every day where you see <laughs> yeah. a, a 25, 26 year old, I mean, kid for lack of better terms, you know, handed, being handed the, the keys to the castle, right? I mean, because as you described, I mean, a longstanding uh, tradition of success there at Cyprus and, you know, how did that come about? I mean, you know, obviously I, I presume that the coach Pickler had a, a large say in that and, you know, did you, what was that meeting like with him when, you know, he maybe suggested to you either to throw your name in the hat or that, you know, he was going to do it for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what, it, it was, it's a really, you know, unique scenario and, and one that I'm, I'm just so fortunate to, you know, have had the opportunity to, to pursue, um, you know, coach Pickler, who's, you know, legendary in his own right. Um, uh, you know, a uh, uh, baseball you know national coach of the year you know hall of famer abca hall of famer um and and you know that was one of the things that really attracted me to come into cyprus was the ability to learn from him and bill pinkham who had been at cyprus uh for 30 plus years alongside coach pick who's a member of the california community college hall of fame you know those two guys um you know had sustained so much success and you know i thought it was a great opportunity to come over and learn from them and um, you know, then having been there for a couple of years, uh, coach pick ended up retiring from teaching and, um, you know, presented this, this kind of opportunity for me to, you know, kind of possibly step into this role that I, you know, never would have imagined I would have had the opportunity to do, you know, as a, you know, 22 year old coach that was just getting into coaching and, um, was just a, such a great opportunity for me. Um, you know, to continue learning from those guys and they're, you know, they're still a part of our coaching staff today, um, to continue growing and, 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 uh, you know, also, you know, stepping in, into my own a little bit, um, you know, coaching and, and taking over the program that, that has just built so much tradition and, and excellence over the years. Um, and, and I take that as a huge responsibility, you know, to continue, um, you know, this program on the right track and continue building upon the success that, that they uh, have laid the foundation for. So, um, you know, it's it was a, a tremendous opportunity for me, um, you know, and one that I don't take for granted and, and really, you know, that keeps me motivated every single day to, to go and continue the tradition that, that those two guys have, have laid the foundation for. Yeah, and, and, you know, you talked about being in a position to help develop guys and move them on. And, you know, in your first three years, not, not counting this year, you guys, you sent 45 guys to four-year schools and, you know, 24 of those guys going to D1 schools. And, I mean, I got to imagine, you know, I, I went to a JC myself and, and I was just not mentally mature enough to go on to a four-year school at that time. But, I mean, I got to imagine that for you uh, as a coach and, and as a young coach at that, um, it's got to feel really rewarding to see these guys come in as you described them, you know, potentially with a chip on their shoulder, maybe overlooked, uh, you know, maybe they need to work on some things, but to see them put that work and then see them move on to a four-year school, I mean, that's got to be one of the most rewarding feelings you as a, as a, as a JC coach could have, right? Absolutely. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, as we, we kind of enter the recruiting process every year, you know, I think that's one of the things that, 
you know, really drives, drives me and, and, uh, you know, it's such a huge part of our program at Cyprus is the ability to develop players and move them on and, and help them achieve their goals of playing at the highest level that they can. And, and to watch that, you know, unfold over the course of, you know, two years at Cyprus is, is really rewarding. Um, and, and it's, it's really, it's, it's why we do it. You know, I know that it's why I do it, um, you know, to watch guys that, that maybe had limited opportunities, um, you know, out of high school that were, you know, overlooked, um, that, that really, you know, took advantage of the time that they have at, at Cyprus and really, you know, put the time in, put the work in to become better players, to develop on the baseball field, in the classroom as people, you know, and just really prepare themselves to go have success uh, at the Division One level or the four-year level. Um, and it, it is. It's it's an unbelievably rewarding thing when you can watch a guy, uh, you know, that comes into the program and, and just works his butt off every single day uh, to get better and, and, and to watch that pay off in the form of, of a scholarship and, um, you know, to have a, an incredible experience at the D1 level, um, you know, on the baseball field and in the classroom and, you know, to watch guys come in and, and get their associate's degree. And then two years later when they transfer, you know, get their, their bachelor's degree and, and really set themselves up for whatever they're going to do in life. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a rewarding experience without a doubt. Yeah. And we've, we've touched on, on recruiting a little bit. And now I, I really want to jump into this now because to me, junior college baseball is, you know, a phenomenal opportunity for so many players and right, wrong or indifferent, you know, all the, the majority of players, Oh, I want to go D one. I want to go D one. And, and, you know, JC ball is an afterthought when, you know, I've been to some of these JC games in here in California. I've been to more than a handful and, and there is D one talent all over the field. So it's like, you're basically playing a mix of division one, division two baseball on the same diamond. And it just presents an awesome opportunity, you know, on the field, but off the field as well. Right. Because you're not limited by the same restrictions that say a division one school is. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think the, you know, the junior college route, um, can be a really beneficial one for a lot of players. And, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, certainly for each individual, individual kid, family, you know, there's, there's different factors that go into making a decision about, you know, where to go, you know, after high school. And there's certainly a whole bunch of options. Um, but I, I think community college makes a ton of sense for a lot of players. And, you know, like I mentioned before, it's, it's a really difficult thing, you know, to, to be an 18 year old kid, you know, walk into some of these, these four-year programs and, and go and play as much as they want to play, you know, and, and we talk a lot about that, um, you know, with our guys and it's, it's, you see it all the time, you know, you see you, some pretty, you know, well-regarded players at, at the high school level that, you know, go to, to big premier programs and four-year schools and, and don't get an opportunity to play a whole lot, you know, as freshmen and sophomores. And, and I think, that's that's a big uh, you know advantage of, of what I think the community college route offers kids is, is the ability to, to get on the field right away and, and, and really develop their game and um, you know I think there's a whole bunch of reasons that the community college makes sense um, for guys but you know certainly everybody's situation's a little bit different um, you know I know that you know our program you know at Cyprus is is has been founded on you know bringing guys in that uh, 
that have aspirations of playing at a high level, uh, that have aspirations of playing Division One baseball, potentially professional baseball. Um, and, and, and again, like you said, you know, we, we've, we've done a, a pretty good job of, of being able to develop guys, bring in the right guys, um, and, and help them get to where they want to be. You know, I think last year, uh, at, at the start of this 2020 season, um, we had, I think 17 guys on division one rosters at the start of the 2020 season. And, you know, I, I would guess, you know, maybe only a handful of those guys had, you know, division one opportunities out of high school. So, um, you know, I think. Uh, this option, you know, I, I think when, when families, uh, you know, and, and, and young student athletes get educated about what, what this, what this community college option looks like, um, you know, I, I think it, it does make sense for, for quite a few, quite a few kids out there. Yeah. And, and so let's, let's talk about, you know, when you're out recruiting, you know, you, we've touched on a little bit, like we said, the guys that may be overlooked a little bit and, you know, the guys that, that. You know, maybe the, the multi-sport guys that aren't playing baseball year-round. I know you ha- had one recently that 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 uh, you know I'm I'm pretty fond of, and he's moving on to a D1 school. And, and so, when you're out recruiting, what sort of things are, are you looking for aside from those couple of things, right? The overlooked player, um, you know, because I gotta imagine you have to have a, a pretty good library of notes on guys, even guys that are going to division ones or division twos out of high school because of the possibility that like you said maybe they don't get a lot of playing time as a freshman and they decide hey you know what i'm going to go back and play a whole bunch at a community college and then hope that i can go back to a d1 and play right away yeah yeah i mean i i think that um you know there there's there's a whole bunch of reasons why you know guys might might choose a community college um you know sometimes athletically you know they're they're not quite ready to to make that jump to the four-year level or division one level and and community college makes sense from that perspective um you know sometimes it's it's financial you know and and community college makes sense from from that standpoint where you know you can you can go you know get two years of free education and and take you know pretty much the same classes that you'd be taking at a four-year school it could be financial but you know i i think i think that you know when we go out and and we we go out and evaluate players, you know, certainly we're looking for good baseball players. You know, everybody's looking for talented guys and good athletes. Um, but, you know, with that being said, you know, I, I think one of the big things for us is, is bringing in guys with quality character, quality makeup, you know, that we can see coming in and getting better and, and really maximizing the time that they have with us. And, and I think that, you know, when we have guys and we bring guys into our program with that type of character, with that type of makeup, you know, those are typically the guys that get the most out of their potential, you know, the most, um, you know, out of the two years that they have with us. And, and those are typically the guys that, that move on and, and play at a high level and, and get what they want to get out of those two years. And, and I think, you know, that's a, that's a big priority for us outside of just bringing in talented baseball players. You know, we want guys that, that are driven. We want guys that, that have goals and, and want to come in and, and, and achieve those goals um, and, and that are willing to put the time in, into doing that and, and be around a coaching staff that's, that's committed and, and, and behind them, you know, to help them, help them get there. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a huge thing, you know, and I, I think that, uh, you know, regardless of what level – you know, you're going to go play at, I, I mean, the funnel in terms of talent continues to just get tighter and tighter and tighter. 
you know, the higher level that you play at. And, and I think that, you know, the talent level, as it gets a little bit more even, you know, some of those, those other things start to separate guys like work ethic and, and character and makeup. And, and those are the things that start to, you know, really separate players when the talent level gets a little bit more even. Uh, and and th- those are the types of things that we look for uh, in the recruiting process. And, and a lot of that is, is doing homework on, on what type of, of guy that is and talking to high school coaches who, who know them best, who see them on, a, on an everyday basis um, and, and really, uh, you know, trying to figure out who the right guys uh, are in this in this process that we want to bring into our program. You know, you touched on the financial piece there, and, and I'm curious because a lot of a lot of uh, I guess every JC outside of the state of California essentially uh, offers some sort of scholarship opportunity, right? But but California community colleges have an advantage there as well, right? Don't there's a program that essentially makes it free for kids to attend a community college? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, yeah. So um, you know. Over the last couple of years, um, you know, certainly if for sure within our district, it's called the North Orange Promise Program. Um, and so anybody, any California graduate, um, you know, from the state of California can get tuition free, tuition and fees free for two years, um, which is, you know, a huge thing for so many families, um, you know, especially under the circumstances in, in regard to baseball where, at the four-year level, you know, everybody knows how limited, you know, the scholarship situation is in, in baseball and, and at the D1 level with 11.7 scholarships, you know, regardless of, you know, the opportunities you're going to get playing Division One baseball, it's it's still going to cost a substantial amount of money, you know, to go, to go play um, and, and to go, you know, have that experience at that level. And, you know, I think from a financial perspective, you know, community college makes makes a lot of sense for a lot of families. Um, you know, who, who are looking to, to, to stretch the, you know, the dollars that they have. And, um, you know, from an academic perspective, um, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, guys come into, to Cypress college and and really excel in the classroom, you know, and set themselves up to have a whole bunch of opportunities, um, from an athletic perspective and from an academic perspective as well. Uh, when they're, when they're done with their two years at Cypress. Um, so, you know, I, I, I certainly, you know, think that, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's some advantages to community college and, and certainly the financial aspect is one of them. Yeah. I mean, look, you're, you're taking G, you're taking GE courses, right? Your first two years anyway, right? And you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're talking apples to apples here when in terms of the academics. And if, you know, if you can do one for free, essentially, rather than, you know, being saddled, particularly in today's age, right? I mean, with, with the rising cost of, of colleges and universities for year on the four year level, I mean it makes total sense, uh, you know, at least from my standpoint, you know, to consider that, you know, and if you're going to play awesome quality baseball, I mean it's a no brainer to me. I mean, gosh, it, it, it just makes it makes a, a lot of sense. But let's shift gears a little bit here, Huddy, and and I mean you've been around. You mentioned the quality players that you've been around and the quality coaching uh, that you've been around and how you've taken stuff from from all of those uh, examples and try to incorporate them in, into your style and your philosophy and coaching. And, 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 you know, what is your, your style and, and how would you describe it? I mean, are you kind of one of those 
hands-on, you know, oversee everything, uh, want to know everything, guys? Are you kind of the more, hey, let your coaches coach guys, you know, the old school barking guy, which I don't imagine you to be, but just uh, just, <laughs> throw, just throwing out some 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 scenarios there. So, you know, for, for somebody listening, you know, who, how would you describe your coaching style? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great question. You know, I, again, you know, I, I think – my coaching style has, has been developed, you know, over the course of a, a lot of years in, in both playing and, and, and coaching now. Um, I've been surrounded by some some incredible baseball minds, and, you know, all of them have their own unique personalities just like I do. Um, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't consider myself the, you know, the overbearing yelling guy. Uh, but, you know, certainly, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I definitely, you know, want to let our coaches coach. And I think that's, you know, a, a common characteristic, you know, of, of a lot of great baseball programs and, and great head coaches is, is the ability to bring people in around them, you know, that are quality people that can teach the game and, and trusting, you know, trusting in, in the people that are around you, um, you know, to, to do their job. And, and, you know, certainly I've been really fortunate in my time at Cypress College with the, with the assistant coaches that we have, you know, with Scott Pickler and Bill Pinkham and, and Steve Lambright, who's got, you know, over 20 years of, of coaching experience in his own right. Um, and, and just letting those guys, you know, have the ability to, to go do their thing, you know, and, and I have uh, a great amount of, of respect and trust, you know, for the guys that are on our coaching staff and, and, and just having the ability to, to be a continuous learner. You know, I don't think any of us are done learning in this game. Um, there's there's always things that we can do better that we can learn that can help our pl- players in their development. Um, you know, and, and I think for me as a coach, you know, I've, I've gotten to play uh, for, for so many, you know, different unique coaches. You know, I played for Rick Vanderhoek, who's very different than Dave Serrano. You know, I've, I've been surrounded by assistant coaches um, all who are knowledgeable in the game um, that, uh, you know, have their, their own unique personalities. And, you know, I think uh, one of the things that I've, I've tried to do is, is to take, you know, things from, from each of them individually that I think uh, can be beneficial for our players and, and learn from the good, learn from the bad, um, and, and try to mold it into my own, um, you know, with my own unique personality as well. And I think, uh, you know, from my individual perspective you know it might be a little bit different you know than some other coaches in, in our conference in our level uh, because I am a little bit closer in age to to some of our guys you know I'm not that far removed from you know the recruiting process from from being a student athlete you know so I think I have a unique understanding of of what you know that experience is like um, you know what what the challenges are what the struggles are how to overcome those those challenges um, you know, and I, I think it provides a unique perspective for me with, with uh, you know, the relationship with our guys, uh, because because they know you know that I've I've been there and I've done it, and it, and it wasn't all that long ago. You know, you you touched on your assistant coaches there with obviously Coach Pickler, who we had mentioned before, but you know, Coach Lambright and Coach Pinkham, and I mean, you're you're talking a combined gosh about 75 years of experience there and you know here here, yeah. you, here you are the the young head coach uh, at cyprus you talked about learning from those guys but what's that i mean how did 
when you were named the head coach, what was that like from their standpoint? You know, I mean, in some cases, you, you might have the, you know, the old resentful coach, right? But, I mean, I can't imagine just knowing those guys a little bit. Um, I can't imagine that was the case. But, uh, you know, how accepting were they? How how open are they to providing you kind of guidance and, and, and advice and suggestions and things of that nature? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I think one of the nice, you know, things about our, our coaching staff at Cyprus is that, you know, there's there's no egos. You know, we, we know that we're all in this for the same reason. You know, we're in this because, you know, we care about our student athletes. We care about our players. We want to we want to help them be successful, um, you know, and, and I think that's one of the, you know, tried and true, you know, characteristics of our of our baseball program, of our coaching staff. Um, and, and when, you know, in. 2017 when when i became the head coach at cyprus you know I, I think everybody on our coaching staff was on board with that mission you know and and i think that's that's what our program's been founded on um that's what it will continue to be uh about is is really just doing everything that we can as a coaching staff to put our our, our student athletes in the best position possible for them to be successful whether that's on the baseball field whether that's in the classroom whether that's in life um, you know, and, and so we're all committed to that. And, and uh, you know, again, the, the years of coaching experience that, that some of these guys on our coaching staff has, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're talking upwards of, you know, 80, 80 years or so, um, you know, and that's a whole lot longer than I've been alive. You know, so it's 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 uh, it's funny, you know, exchanging, you know, some stories and just listening to some of the stories that, you know, these guys have. Um in, in their careers uh it's 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 humbling you know for me um you know as as the leader of our program um but also you know it, it's such a great opportunity for me to continue learning uh and and certainly a an amazing uh, environment for our players to be able to to go and, and be successful with with the um you know the tradition and and everything else that our program has and the experience of this coaching staff you know, just to shift gears a little bit on, let's get into the cancellation of, of the spring a little bit here. And, you know, all these coaches that, that I've had on the podcast, you know, to, I asked them a pretty similar question in terms of, you know, the impact of, of, of the cancellation of the season on, on college baseball. And, you know, they all pretty much to a man have said that college baseball as a whole is going to get a whole lot better, right? Because, you know, the cancellation, the draft being five rounds, Guys that that would normally sign are going to be showing up on college campuses. But what surprised me was that a lot of these guys felt that community college baseball is particularly in California is really going to get elevated here. And do you see it that way? I mean, do you see are you starting to see that just in the recruiting process where, you know, maybe you're having some conversations with guys that maybe you otherwise normally wouldn't? Yeah, I, I would agree with with all of those coaches, and um, you know I think college baseball will will be better, uh, you know, due to this whole situation and um, you know some of the things that are being put in place with the draft, and um, you know certainly it's it's put uh, a whole lot of uh, you know situations in place uh, at the four year level that are really difficult for for players and coaches. You know, I think. I think the NCAA and you know everybody else did the right thing by giving players the year of eligibility back, uh, but it, it also is, is the really difficult thing, 
And, you know, I think what, what you're seeing at the four-year level right now is, is uh, you know, a, a roster crunch, you know, and, and they've got to, you know, try to figure out how to make the scholarships work. You know, they got to figure out how to, how to make, make the numbers work, especially with the five-round draft. Um, you know, and, and, and I would agree with them that community college baseball um, is, is going to, to be pretty good over the next few years, I think. Um, and, you know, you're starting to see, uh, you know, the, the impact that, you know, this virus has had on, on, you know, on every level of baseball. Um, but I, I, I do think, you know, that, uh, community college baseball will be better. Uh, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna have some players, you know, at our level, um, that, that may not otherwise have been there, uh, under different circumstances, but because of, you know, the roster crunch that's happening, uh, above us, you know, I think there will be somewhat of a trickle down effect uh, to community college baseball. And, um, you know, I think college baseball in general, um, you know, is going to be improved because of this. And you're going to have some guys that end up, you know, playing at Division One schools and playing at community colleges that, that may have otherwise signed, um, you know, if a draft wasn't wasn't five rounds long. So uh, it, it will definitely be be an interesting couple of years here. Yeah, and, and you touched on it on there on the recruiting piece again, and and I'm curious what what is recruiting like now for you? I mean, I, you know, most of these guys are doing a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of phone calls, and you know, you're you're not able. To, I mean, there's no baseball really to go out to watch, right? So, I mean, what what is recruiting like now for you uh, at Cypress College? It's 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 unique, uh, <laughs> and it's 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 challenging for sure. Um, you know, like. You know, like a lot of other coaches on the podcast have said, I mean, it, it's it's a lot of phone calls, it's a lot of Zoom calls, uh, and it's challenging because you know we, right now we don't have the ability to to bring guys on campus, um, give them a feel for what that looks like, um, you know, show them around the facilities. You know, we're not able to do any of that stuff at this point. Um, so it's it it does it, it presents unique challenges um, for us as a coaching staff. Uh, you know, but at the same time. You know, everybody's kind of in the same boat. You know, we're all we're all trying to navigate this um, and these circumstances really for the first time. Um, and and I think just just being being flexible. You know, trying to uh, you know to adapt to to these these uh, changing times is is what the key is going to be. Um, but you know, certainly this this situation has has provided some challenges in terms of recruiting. Um, you know, but at the same time. You know, I think it's all the the relationships, uh, you know, that you really have to lean on um, with with fellow coaches, um, you know, and and, uh, I think, uh, you know, trying to to view this situation um, not not as an excuse, but but more as an opportunity uh, is is really kind of the way that I'm trying to look at the whole situation. You know, you guys were were off to just an awesome start. I mean, 17, three and one this spring, number two in the state. Uh, you know, you'd been to two two super regionals in three years under your watch. You you won your 100th career coaching or coaching uh, game there. Uh, you know, what's been the most challenging thing for you? You know, per, both personally uh, and then professionally with the cancellation of the spring season. You know, I, I feel terrible for for our players. Um, you know, they they put in so much time, so much effort you know, throughout the course of the fall and, and early spring to put themselves in a position to be successful. And, and like you said, we, we were off to a really good start. You know, it, it's, it's just extremely unfortunate that we weren't able to, to see this season through and, and find out what could have happened. 
Um, I loved this group. Uh, I loved working with these guys. And, and I think that that's, that's been, you know, the biggest disappointment is, is really for them um, and not being able to, to finish this year and, you know, potentially make a, make a run at a state championship and a final four. Um, and, and I think, you know, this group had the ability to do that, um, you know, and, and there's, there's going to be guys that are moving on from this group and we have seven guys committed right now that, that won't play another game in a Cypress college uniform. Um, you know, so it, it just felt like our time, you know, with those guys got cut short and, you know, it, it did all over the country. And I know, you know, every other coach in the country feels the exact same way. Um, so it's, it's just a difficult thing, you know, but at the same time, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of control that we have, uh, over this stuff. And, you know, if there's, if there's one thing that I've learned, uh, you know, through my time at Fullerton and, you know, to give, uh, a Ken Revisa shout out, you know, you, you can only control the things that, that you can control. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, right now it's just a matter of how we respond to it. Um, you know, but I think that's, that's where the biggest, you know, disappointment lies. It's just, you know, for our players, um, not being able to, to finish out the season and, and, uh, and how abruptly it, it came to a halt. Yeah. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, the great start there, it, it I mean, it seems like you guys were on to something, something really special there, but I guess the light at the end of the tunnel is, you know, you have seven guys, like you said, moving on to play college baseball and, you know, if there's a rewarding piece that, you know, that certainly is it, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. I, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate, you know, to have the time that we had with, with, uh, that group. And obviously we wish there would have been more, but, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, our goal, you know, year in and year out is, is to get our guys to the next level. And, um, you know, we're certainly on our way to doing that with this group and, you know, now, you know, with this whole situation, guys have the option of, of coming back, um, which I think is a, a good option for them. Um, and now it's just kind of, uh, you know, individual decisions on, on what, what's best for them. Um, and obviously we've had lots of conversations, uh, you know, with our, with our sophomores that, you know, have the ability to move on. And, and I think for some, you know, it, it obviously makes sense to continue moving on and, and for others, you know, it, it might make sense to come back and, and give it another go at Cyprus for another year. Um, so, you know, we're looking forward to having the guys back, uh, you know, that are coming back. Um, and certainly we'll miss the guys that are moving on, um, you know, but that's what our job is. So, yeah. So the CCCAA also passed that as well. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, everybody you know, at our level at community college in California is, uh, is going to get the year of eligibility back. Um, you know, so it, it provides a, you know, somewhat of a decision for guys, um, who are ready to move on and academically, um, and, and the vast majority of them are going to continue to move on. Like I said, we, we got, you know, seven guys committed, uh, right now, and six of them at division one schools who are all going to continue to move on. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I think it's, a it's, it's positive, you know, for the guys, uh, you know, that aren't committed at this point to have the ability to, to possibly come back if they feel it's the right thing for them, um, you know, or continue to move on uh, and, and play at the four-year level this year. Um, you know, so obviously, you know, the, the option is, is nice to have for sure, especially, you know, when you only get to play half of half of 2020. Yeah, that, that's an awesome, that's an awesome move by the uh, CCCAA there. I mean, that's, 
that's real. That's really great. I wasn't unaware of that. But honey, uh, honey, before I let you go, man, we we do uh, a little thing here where we uh, put you on a hot seat, so to speak, and fire off about a dozen or so questions at you, and kind of first thing that comes to mind, you know, just uh, you know, just shout it out, and and you know, it's just a kind of a fun way to wrap things up here. So. Uh, if you if you want to do this, I'm ready. If you are, let's do it. All right, here we go. Small ball or gorilla ball? Oof, uh, whatever it takes to win. <laughs> Country or hip hop? Country. Costco or Sam's Club? Costco. In and out or Five Guys? In and out for sure. College football or the NFL? College football. Trackman or Rapsodo? Trackman. Favorite vacation spot? Oof. Went to Tahiti for my honeymoon. That was amazing. Okay. Cable or stream? Stream. boy. Mac or PC? Mac. Best singer on the team? Oof. Uh, I'll say Dawson Gilbert. Best dancer on the team? Mm, not sure, but possibly Dawson Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite stadium you've ever been in? Dodger Stadium. Go-to song to sing in the shower. Oh, man. Uh, I'm not a big uh, sing-in-the-shower guy, really. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite sports team? Dodgers. Most memorable team you played on? Uh, 2013 team at Cal State Fullerton. Most memorable team you've been a part of as a coach? Uh, the 2016 uh cypress chargers when we went to the final four awesome man well honey that's that that's awesome i can't thank you enough uh for making some time and hopping on the podcast breaking things down for us i mean like like we talked about man i think the uh, community college route is, is an awesome opportunity for so many players and we wanted to just bring a little light to it because uh what you're doing there is pretty special and i'm, I'm really happy for you and the program so i'm glad you were able to come on to the to the podcast here and uh, just share some insight yeah, I really appreciate you having me on, Les. Thank you. I'd like to thank Cypress College head coach Anthony Huddy for joining me on the podcast today. Be sure to check out prepbaseballreport.com for all your news and information. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard. <laughs>